This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for change makers, coaches and consultants who are looking to build a profitable and scalable business. Now, my guest today says whenever we compare ourselves to others, we lose. And joining me on today's show is Rochelle Zaltzer. Now, Rochelle, she is a creative core coach. She's the author of the acclaimed book, Live Big, a manifesto for a creative life. And her mission is to unleash the untapped creativity or creative capacity inside women everywhere so that they can bring all of their greatness into the world. She teaches and supports accomplished women to move past what keeps them block, blocked, whether they're stuck with feeling stuck or whether they're feeling small so that they can create and live their biggest best lives. Now on today's show, Rochelle is going to share understanding that you came into the world as a tiny creative being and you are still full of creativity. She's going to share that you can learn to be a powerful creator as well as live big, as well as that we can choose to slow down and create in each and every moment of our lives. So welcome to the show, Rochelle. I'm just delighted to be with you, Anne-Marie. Oh, and me too. And as I was just saying before we went live, I was looking for this everywhere because I'd put it safely somewhere. I thought I really need to have this to be able to to show others so that they know what the book looks like. But I've loved what you've put together in this. It really is, I, I would imagine for you, a body of work that has been part of your life for, you know, as, as long as I can imagine. Creativity has always been important for you, Yes. It absolutely has. And it was a real mystery for me at the same time for a long time. I was a designer. I was creative, but I was always creating in service of my clients. And there was a block for me about being able to be personally expressive and creative. And so that was a big part of the journey that I've been on in the last, I don't know, 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. And that's what really led me to exploring creativity and to writing this book about the power that we have to fully embrace ourselves creatively and as creators. Sometimes we go on, don't we create a body of knowledge that we think if I had have had that 10 years, 15 years, 20 yeah. years earlier, I would be uh, far ahead. But you know what I'm a firm believer in is we walk the journey and learn the lessons so that we can go ahead and, and be the the light, be the, the, you know, the voice for others. When you look at the topic or you th- we think about the topic of creativity, and I've heard this before, I do not think we realise just how incredible when we tap into that creativity whatever that is for us, as you said, it can release all sorts of different things. So once you started to get clarity, what are some of the things you noticed in your own life? Well, I think I think about creativity with sort of two sides of the coin, if you yeah. will. And this really comes from the deep study I did with a great teacher. And when I realized that this was the work I needed to figure out <laughs> for myself. And part of it is adopting the mindset of a creator, believing that you have this creative capacity that you can always tap. So it's how do you think about what's possible? How do you tap your intuition, use your imagination, consider possibilities in new ways? That's an amazing way to be a creator. And the other side of the coin is being creatively expressive. 
And when we find our, whatever way we love to create, uh, it could be traditional, like playing music, composing music, writing poems, dancing, but it could be completely non-traditional. It could be digging in a garden. It could be working in a workshop. It could be cooking with creative flair. It could be anything. That's what can inspire us, light us up, bring us joy, and really spark new levels of creative thinking. Yes. And when you just identified and tapped into that for yourself, did you notice impacts in other areas of your life once you tapped in and you recognized what it was for you? What are some of the things that you noticed for you? Absolutely. Life-changing. Because when you have, you might have a, a an ultimatum that somebody gave you or a challenge in front of you that would ordinarily, uh, I think most of us feel stuck, frozen, maybe fear-based. And when you have this mindset of a creator, you, you see everything in front of you as a possibility for new ways of thinking. What is it? What's possible now? And even when you have unfortunate alternatives, you still get to choose and then you get to choose again and create again. And so it becomes this unfolding, ever-evolving opportunity to create in your life. Yeah. I remember watching a video on YouTube. I think it was YouTube. And the speaker asked a question of an audience, how many people here believe that they are creative and, and can draw? And not many people. In fact, I don't think anyone put their hand up. And he said, you know, it's real, relatively easy. And he took them through some exercises, very simple, you know, now draw a circle, now draw this, now draw that. And when we'd finished, he held up his picture as did they. And everyone went, oh my goodness, look at that. That's amazing. How many people are stopping that creativity, whatever that means for them, as you said, whatever that means for you, because you don't even assume that you are creative. Would you say that that was one of the biggest blocks when it comes to creativity? Absolutely. People have this definition of creativity that's sort of for those special people, those, you know, super talented special people. And the truth is that we can create in infinite ways all the time. Yes. And so I love, I think I actually saw that, that TED talk that you mentioned. And I remember being struck by how delightful it was. Yeah. So that's just one example, but there are infinite examples of how you can create in your life. Yeah. And I think also too, that the fact that, you know, creativity is going to mean different things and how we express creativity is also going to be very different and unique for each and every one of us. However, I think some of the areas that we can use creativity, and I love the way that you've said, you know, about looking at challenges as opportunities, looking at innovations. I think when we're not even brave or courageous enough to even go down that creativity and where will this lead to? Let's just enjoy the experience and see where we end up. That process for some of us who are watching and listening today may lead us to the solution that an industry needs. And I mean, I think we can all agree that we are all around the world. We've got a bit of, you know, a bit of crisis, a bit of things that we need to address. Challenges for sure. Doing the same thing over and over. I mean, isn't that, you know, doing the same thing over and over is, you know, definition of stupidity. How about we look at things a different way, bring innovations and tap into creativity? Would you see that that's a, a, a great way that, you know, many of us can leverage creativity? Absolutely. You know, some of the work that I do is with groups in organizations. And one of the things that's important to me is to help everybody embrace themselves as creators and also accept one another so that 
when they have new problems to solve, I think traditionally we live in a very database, left brain kind of orientation to the world, especially in businesses. What did we do the last time and how can we move the needle and, and maybe do a little better? Mm. If everybody at a meeting feels absolutely safe to speak their ideas without worrying that somebody's going to roll their eyes or give them a sarcastic you know, side glance or whatever, mm. your small idea could be the jumping off point for somebody else to have a brilliant idea. So when groups of people can trust themselves and trust one another to truly offer it all up and really think creatively together, that's where amazing things can happen mm. for sure. Yeah. You know, you, you referred to left brain and right brain. I think left brain is very logical, very, you know, linear and, and the right brain is, is that creative uh, brain. You know, often, and I'm I'm one of those fortunate people that I actually have half-half, I can do both. However, having been saying that, you, I can see and I've experienced that there are some issues that if I'm stuck and, and I am very much in the linear and I'll go and I will step out of that and then be more creatively, be more in flow. Similarly, if I'm too much in flow, then it's like right now I've got to kind of really chunk down and, and so I've got the benefit of that. But one of the things, and this is my point, uh, I don't, can't imagine not having creativity and that expression if organisations and individuals don't see they're rolling their eyes, be mindful. Mm-hmm. You may just have rolled your eye to the next big thing that could have made you, you know, in your industry, be a champion of change and be that thought leader. How do we start to embrace that and maybe change culture, change the conversation so that we do embrace that and create a space where we do, you know, um, invite creativity more into our workplaces and places wherever we are? Wherever we are, for sure. I think that the more enlightened any of us is and has the courage to speak up and advocate for that point of view and that way of operating, we, we can all be agents of change. We can all influence other people. And it could be taking an idea to department chair and saying, let's have a program about this. It could be just speaking up within your small circle and say, let's do this together, see what happens. I worked with a group of executives at a big um, pharmaceutical company a couple of years ago. And what they realized in the work with me is that they were taking assignments from the CEO of the company and just following directions and never had paused to consider if there was an actually a better way that they could come up with to get the desired results. Mm-hmm. And that was a tremendous thing that happened for them. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so, okay, let's dive in and see, because one of the things that you've said, you're still full of creativity and I'm hoping that we have convinced people that you are too, and you may not have yet tapped into that or recognize that. So now, of course, Rochelle, I know you want to help us to learn how we can be a powerful creator and live big. What are some things that you can encourage us to start doing that we allow a little bit more creativity in our lives? Just every day and so as you've seen in the book and marie there are 20 chapters there's 10 chapters about the being of living big and by that i mean learning to slow down and be still to find patience to focus on gratitude to live without fear that's a huge one in the in the doing of living big we have things like tapping your intuition living boldly creating obviously being able to embrace change or be resilient all those kinds of things so each of the chapters in the book has a set of exercises and practices they're actually very short essays followed with great things that you can do to actually bring those attributes into your life 
one of the things that I have threaded throughout the book is my exercise called The Discovery Dozen. And I think this answers your question really well. So The Discovery Dozen is a deceptively simple sounding tool, very, very powerful. And what you can do is start with a, and there are many examples in the book, but you start with a piece of a sentence. So to be, to think more creatively today, I could. And you would answer that question with 12 different answers. You just quickly, quickly write down whatever comes to mind. And in doing that, you will surprise yourself. The first few things are probably going to be top of mind. And as you keep going without worrying about being ridiculous or outrageous or anything, just put whatever comes down out of your head down on the paper, you can generate ideas. So you can use this for ideas for solving a problem. You can use this to generate ideas for writing an article or a blog post. There's amazing ways to use this tool, the Discovery Dozen, and it just juices you up. It proves that you're a creative person. You look at what you've generated and you can really run from there. Mm. When you went through this process, and I'm going to ask you uh, in a moment, do you have a favourite you know, activity mm. that helps you spark your creativity, no matter what situation that you're in to get the for, you know, thoughts flowing? I mean, do you have a favourite? But when you think about some of these activities, you really can use them in a number of different ways, can't, mm. can't you? Whether the, you may be fearful of embracing change, whether you've got to come up with a new way of doing something, problem solving. You really can use and adapt these, the the activities that you mentioned, across a wide variety of of areas, can't you? Oh, all the time. My favorite thing with my clients is when they say, I was really stuck and I used the Discovery Dozen. I didn't have to give it to them. They created (laughs) themselves and they find real, real answers that way. But I'll give you another example. Um, The first chapter of the book is Slow Down and Be Still. And I think that's kind of the foundation for living big because we live in a very hyperactive kind of environment, both in our personal lives and certainly in our work. And it's when we slow down and we find stillness that we find answers. We find our own true knowledge, our own knowing. And this is, I think, a gateway to a lot of creativity. Out of all of the activities that you've mentioned in in your book and the examples, do you have a favorite, a a go-to for you? Well, I do use the discovery dozen all the time. There's another there's another exercise that I've actually offered in several chapters of the book that I think is really important, which is getting in touch with what you want. What do you really desire? Because I think many of us find that, a, well, I find it surprising that people have so much trouble with it, but I've become practiced at it. And so this is a simple exercise. We sit with another person and you put a timer on for five minutes And you look in their eyes and you say, Anne-Marie, what do you want? And you keep asking that question, what else do you want? And it goes very, very deep. And then you switch places and you'll find yourself, five minutes is, there's a lot of answers that come up in five minutes. And when we know what we really want, then we can start creating the environment and pursuing those things. And I think that's one of my favorite exercises because I find that people get so much insight from doing it. Mm-hmm. Would you also say, uh, because, you know, you mentioned that creativity is expressed and, you know, we be creative in that being can be very different and unique from person to person. And I'm wondering, have you noticed when you've been working in your work and the body of knowledge that you've shared that there's a difference? And I know this is generalization, but this is quite interesting to a difference between how men and women 
be creative, if that makes sense. Do you notice that there's a distinction or it depends? Well, I work primarily with women. I do coach the men. I have coached men in the past. I think that sometimes women are more open to the possibilities more quickly. Men sometimes have a little bit more of a barrier to feeling that freedom. Yes. Maybe it's an overgeneralization, but I have noticed it from time to time. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that? And there's, it's good to be able to recognize some of these things because it could be, the difference could be the greatest gift and the greatest strength. So what we then need to do in, in women, and, and especially if you find yourself in an environment where people do want to continue to go back to, you know, standard ways, because look, we've always done it that mm-hmm. way. As women, of course, this is women in leadership, we We need to be bold enough and courageous enough to say, hang on a minute, let's just try it that way, don't we? Because otherwise, whatever we have to share and that encouragement can again get swept under the carpet. Would you say that's true? I do think that's true. And I think the beauty of feeling powerfully creative is that you can say, let's take this direction, let's explore it and realize that you can continue to evolve and course correct and shape it. It's not a one and done effort when you have this mindset of being a creator and you take people along on that ride and you can help them to feel expansive about what's possible. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I think back to even just today, I was working with a client and she really was getting stuck in a certain area, unpacking things. And so often we do, don't we? Because we're too close to ourselves. And I love kind of the mind mapping and the mind mapping can just be writing thoughts down and then expanding on those thoughts. And, And so why I'm saying this is, you know, sometimes it is in that conversation and how we language that. So maybe in an environment it may be the way that you're approaching or sharing that sometimes you just need to change the languaging around that or again, tweaking the activity so that people can then embrace it because it, they can engage with it. They they can relate to that. Am I making sense? That I sometimes think it does make sense. The other thing I'll just add is that sometimes we feel that we have to push out a big idea and we feel this pressure to do that. I certainly remember that from the days when I ran my design firm. We had solutions that we had to come up with concepts or whatever. And what we often fail to do is give ourselves a little bit of just free space for our right side of the brain to be able to pick up those data points and really come up with new ideas. So it could be the walk around the block. It could be, but you know, we all say, how come that great idea happened in the shower or while we were washing the dishes? It's because when we're not trying so hard to think about things and figure things out, sometimes they come to us with more ease. That's part of creating that space for stillness too. Yeah. Would you find that, you know, people who are too busy and, and constantly filling their diary, because that's what we do, don't we? We're, yeah. we're ambitious and, and driven and we're very project focused, many of us, that, as you said, you need to schedule time in your diary to allow sometimes even those thoughts to filter down and land and and filter in. And, and, and would you say that many of us need to actually start to intentionally do that, to schedule that first, if, if we don't kind of have that environment of being still? I think it's a game changer. I think even a two-minute pause in the middle of your day just to sit still, to find your centre, to breathe, and to just quiet your mind can be tremendous for people. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, and I'd love to see if you've got any feedback on this, is that, you know, sometimes in that I I love journaling and I have journal, I've got like 
four, nearly five journals of things that I have kind of jotted down and all of that. And so what I've noticed today that I sat down and I mapped out a whole new strategy, which I'm so excited about, yet it was pieced from the ideas that I've had over years, things that I've created. And so um, so what I'm asking is, you know, how do people start to capture these ideas? Because in and of itself, that one idea may need the next idea, the next idea, and then all of a sudden come together. How do you start to capture that? Uh, what are some suggestions? I'm a huge fan of journaling. Yeah. I think that when we write, and one of the important things is to write by hand, if you can. Of course, we find times where we've just got a device in front of us, but there's something neurologically, and I'm sorry, I can't quote the resource for this, but that we know that neurologically, our ideas are richer when we write by hand, the physical writing with pen or paper or pencil on paper. So this capturing thoughts, free writing on a subject, free writing about anything, or just capturing those ideas and then threading them together. Sometimes we consciously can look back through the journal and thread them together. Very often what you described happens. It's it's all up here. It's in the process of the writing that we kind of save it to disk a little bit and then yes. we can can resource it again. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was interesting. I sat down and I was thinking of a new title and a new this and that. And I just kind of looked and I went, actually, I created this years ago. This fits beautifully. And yeah, that that's the kind of thing that can be created that way. And I love that you've mentioned, you know, the kinesthetic, the writing, the, the hand to paper, because yeah. whilst I love my technology, there's something that is so rewarding being able to take a book and just writing with a pen, pencil, what, what have you. Would you say that with a lot of the technology and the, the AI and all of that, that we have now at our fingertips, We've kind of lost that art and we need to re, re bring that back into what we do. That writing. I think that's an interesting point because the tactile involvement, and I think that's one of the things when we, in many of the ways that we can create expressively, there is a, a tactile quality, a sensory quality that we don't get when we just interface with, you know, digitally. And I think that that's very enriching. And I think it also opens us up to more expansive thinking. Yeah. Sure. Would you also, if you think about, um, you know, being the still and slowing down, for me, one of the greatest sounds is silence. I love silence. But for other people, silence can just send them around the bend. I, I say to people, I've got too many voices in my own head that I can speak to, you know, ideas. And, and for me, sometimes I have to watch TV because it's like, shh, please, no more thinking. I've, I've enough. But what I'm asking with the technology following that thread of thought, so many digital and especially our young people, they're always constantly on. Are they inhibiting their ability to sit? Because sometimes we need that. We feel, you know, that that stimulation. If there's not going, I, I feel like, you know, that that stillness, we're, we're blocking that too. Oh, and we've lost uh, Rochelle. I'm going to wait for her to come on back because that is an interesting question. I don't know if anyone's watching or listening that may have uh, some ideas and, and thoughts on that too. Is the technology and being on constantly? So just repeating that, Rochelle, is the yeah. technology and the constant bombarding of, of data and all the devices We've got to be mindful it doesn't inhibit our ability to have that stillness time to. I think it absolutely is a problem. Yeah. And I think we're all very prone to falling into those those habits. 
of constantly distracting ourselves. There's so many opportunities to do that. Being out in nature is one really great way to counteract that because we have silence, but maybe not the complete silence that some people have trouble with because you've got bird sounds, you've got wind in the trees. There's something very healing and inspiring about that. And I think deliberately taking technology breaks is, is extremely positive. Yeah. In fact, I think neuro, neuro, neuroscience has proven that if we do not have those digital, what do they call them? Digital, I can't remember the name of it, but detox and <laughs> our devices, lay them aside and constantly on all the time, that will, that adds to stress, doesn't it? it adds I, to I totally stress. agree. And I think that we don't even know the negative impact yet. I think it's being studied, but I think there's a lot that we're going to find out about that I think will be disturbing. Um, yeah, it will be. It will be. I know for me, I mean, just last week, my husband and I, and we often try and do this as often as we can go out to the bush and we were just driving around it in nature. And then we got out and it, it was in front of this, you know, terribly brown lake looking thing. So obviously there'd been some storms there, but there was just no sound around, no other human beings other than ourselves. But we're lucky that, you know, we, we can sit in each other's silence and not have to, you know, to fill the the space and it was so refreshing so yeah. refreshing it really was and that's where I find my most creativity you know I often cannot travel anywhere without a, a notebook and there were times where I'd go out to to the supermarket or wherever I was sit down and have a coffee and think oh I haven't got a notebook with me so I'd have to go and get a you know buy a new notebook but it's amazing and start to recognize I think Rochelle what are the environments that allows you to be more creative and then do more of that, book more of that into your schedule. Yeah, I have another uh, suggestion that people might find fun. Because we do have our phones, which all have cameras with us all the time, one of the things that I love to do is to take a walk where you look for wonder, even in a place where you've been hundreds of times in your neighborhood. If you take a walk and you're, you are looking for things to surprise you and delight you, moments in the way a tree is growing or the shadows on the grass or whatever, and then capture it with your camera, you can think about how you want to frame that picture. How do you want to mindfully make something to hold on to that, that moment for yourself? This is another thing that you can do without taking a long ride without going out of your way. There's yeah. always something around that you can see in a new way. Mm. You know, it was interesting that you should say that. I remember this was being about five or six years ago. My husband and I traveled through the center of Australia and it is desert. There is a lot of nothing for <laughs> a long space and the first night we parked on the side of the road and there was this, this expansive field it was huge as far as the eye could see in fact you know you would almost drop off the end of the earth and there was this you know just a gentle breeze and it was sunset so there was this beautiful orange glow but we didn't have a television with us and so we just sat on our chairs we'd had dinner we were having a coffee and then I noticed on the ground these ants and then I looked even further and it was so interesting and I thought, here I am being mesmerised by these ants, but watching different ants, how they were interacting with each other, how they were carrying bits of food crumbs that we had dropped and then, you know, and to me, and here we were, my husband and I, marvelling at these ants and nature, you know, in and of itself, the miracle mm -hmm. of nature and how they in interact. And it, it's been ever since that, that now when I go out and look at, you know, the flowers on the trees and the different mm -hmm. bark and all of that, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And these are things we miss when we're rushing. 
when our heads are in our phones or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then I learned something else, which is going to take us off on a tangent, but (laughs) apparently in nature, there's what they call the Fibonacci something or other that there is in nature and it all ties together. Um, the Fibonacci code or whatever, you know, one, one, two, three, five, eight, you know, the first two numbers add to Mm -hmm. and how there's that code in Mm -hmm. all of nature, whether, you know, you're counting the numbers of the, yeah, it's fascinating. There's a whole other world out there that you can learn about. I have loved today's conversation, Rochelle. I'm going to hold your book up again. Here is the book, Live Big. Share how people can get a copy of this, how they can connect with you and uh, obviously the work that you do. Share a bit more. Thank you. Well, my website is my name, RochelleSeltzer.com. And on the site, you can get a link to learn about more about the book and to buy the book if you're interested. You can add your name to my email list and read my big ideas that I write every week. Love to have new readers. And if what I've talked about, about creating a big life, a beautiful life, a beautiful future for yourself resonates for you, you could reach out to me and we could have a call. All of that is on the site. Fantastic. And of course, I hope that through hearing uh, Rochelle share some of the uh, the activities, some of the techniques that really has inspired you to tap into your creativity, whatever that is, because you just never know that problem that you are faced with, that stuckness that you just can't seem to push through may be the answer. You just need to find a way to do that creatively. So please reach out to Rochelle, get a copy of her book and start being a creator the creator that you are already created to be. So thanks once again for coming on the show, Rochelle. Total pleasure to be with you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's the influence slash podcast series.